Elvis, the biopic for the king of rock and roll, hits movie theaters this weekend, and I have my review for those of you with suspicious minds. This review is sponsored by Athletic Greens, the maker of AG1. Check out athleticgreens.com Dan for a special offer, and stay tuned to the end of this review for more info. Hello, I'm Dan Merle, and this is my review of Elvis, directed by Baz Luhrmann, his first movie in nearly a decade since 2013's The Great Gatsby. And as I mentioned, this is a biopic of Elvis Presley, which is a subject matter that is not necessarily untrodden. There have been many movies and TV shows and TV movies about this subject before, but this one is probably unlike any of the other ones that you've seen. Elvis stars Austin Butler as Elvis Presley, and he's the real revelation here. I'd seen Austin Butler in a couple movies, including Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I knew that he was in a bunch of TV shows that were kind of younger skewing, and I just didn't really know enough about him to really make any kind of, uh, even a guess about what he might do uh, in this role. But I thought, you know, there's always the chance that he's just kind of a, you know, a pretty face who looks a little bit like Elvis, but maybe can't quite pull off the part. That's definitely not the case. Austin Butler absolutely annihilates this role. Physically, vocally, he embodies Elvis Presley throughout the different phases of his life. I think if there's any kind of failure here, it's that the movie has a reticence to do more prosthetic work than it does to kind of change Elvis's look over the years. He pretty much looks like young Elvis uh, with some subtle differences throughout the film. But I think this movie should be a career-making and perhaps a career-defining role for Austin Butler. I put his performance right up there with Taron Egerton as far as recent performances in Rocketman. And yes, I'm going to put it up there with Rami Malek in Bohemian Rhapsody, which he won the Academy Award for. I haven't seen the rest of the performances that are going to come out this year, so I can't say that Austin Butler should win the Academy Award for Elvis, but I think that his performance as Elvis in this movie is every bit as good as Rami Malek's in Bohemian Rhapsody as Freddie Mercury, plus he sang. You may have a pink Cadillac, but don't you pick nobody's room. Honestly, the movie is worth seeing just for the lead performance, but there's also Tom Hanks. All the prosthetics budget, I guess, went to him and his character of Colonel Tom Parker, Elvis's controlling manager. Um, Tom Hanks is doing something in this movie. I'm not exactly sure what it is that he's doing. I, I went and looked up some footage of Colonel Tom Parker after seeing this movie, and he, he definitely did not have this weird accent that Hanks gives him, uh, at least not later in his life, and certainly not, it, it seems like, as heavy. Hanks definitely made some interesting character choices here, and the makeup, I, I, I mean, I guess it's accurate to the man, but I really did feel at certain points like Colonel Tom Parker was going to start a dance duet with Dr. Evil and Mini-Me. It, it was very Austin Powers-esque in places. I honestly think it's more of a distraction at some points than an immersive character choice, but the character of Colonel Tom Parker is essential to this movie because it's largely told through his eyes, if not necessarily entirely from his point of view, so he has to be in the movie, and what Tom Hanks is doing is definitely compelling. It's often also, though, a little bit confounding. The screenplay is credited to Baz Luhrmann and three other writers, two of whom were credited previously as collaborators with him on other projects. And I think that structurally, the movie is really written around Baz Luhrmann's signature style, 
which I think kind of saves this movie from being potentially the kind of movie that Walk Hard was parodying. You know, Elvis Presley's got to think about his whole life before he goes on stage. It could have felt like a by-the-numbers recitation of Elvis Presley's life, but Baz Luhrmann's frenetic visuals, the sometimes symphonic, sometimes cacophonous audio track and music, a lot of times even the non-linear structure of the storytelling distract from the fact that this really is, in fact, largely a by-the-numbers recitation of Elvis Presley's life, just kind of jumbled around a lot. Austin Butler's performance, which really could have been a parody of an imitation when we were talking about Elvis, I mean, it could have just been all Elvis Presley, all about talk like this. That's not what it is. Butler keeps things fresh and vibrant, and when you're watching this movie, you don't feel like you're watching Austin Butler play Elvis. You feel like you're watching Elvis as he transforms from the bad boy rock and roller to the almost parody of himself that he would become later in his life. But through it all, you see Elvis's heart, and it never feels like a veneer. It never feels like this just kind of shell of Elvis. He feels like a fully defined character, a fully defined human being, and that all comes down to the performance. It really is this lead performance that makes the movie, but I also think the subject matter is a great match to Baz Luhrmann's aesthetic. It's over the top, it's glitzy, it's elaborately symphonic. It's a lot like the King's most elaborate Vegas stage show, only made as a movie. The film cinematography from Mandy Walker reminded me a lot of The Aviator, as the movie travels from the 50s to the 70s, sometimes we go back as far as the 30s. Each era has its own specific feel and color palette, which I really think helps the story when it jumps back and forth sometimes. Mandy Walker has done some great cinematography before in movies like last year's Mulan, also one of my favorite movies, Shattered Glass. I really hope that her work here is recognized as the year goes on, as well as editor Matt Villa, who also cut The Great Gatsby. Uh, he should really be recognized for piecing together this movie out of what had to have been a largely intimidating amount of footage. Now, one thing that did happen with this movie, and it happens with a lot of movies these days, is it began attracting criticism uh, before it even came out. Not only before it even came out, before anybody had seen it. I was seeing think pieces and tweets. I think that some of those criticisms that the movie attracted pre-release are fair. I think that other ones are very much not fair. I think one fair criticism surrounds Elvis's relationship with his wife, Priscilla. They met when Elvis was 24 during his time in the army, when he was in Germany, Priscilla at the time was 14, and even though they wouldn't marry until nearly eight years later, I think it is a problematic part of Elvis's life that the film barely pays lip service to. They just describe her as the teenage daughter of an army officer, and then they just kind of like, Ugh, and move on from it. It's not unusual for a biopic to gloss over unpleasant or inconvenient details. Many other biopics have been criticized for this over the years, but this in particular, I think is a pretty big one, and I think the movie could and probably should have addressed it much more than it does. One criticism, though, that I've seen so many times, even stuff that was tweeted to me when I said that I was watching this movie, that I think is completely unfair when you see the content of the film, is the criticism that the movie doesn't acknowledge Elvis's influences among black artists, particularly early in his career, and there was the accusation that this movie uh, doesn't even acknowledge those contributions. That is categorically false. Elvis's influence are featured heavily throughout the film, from the revivals he attended as a child, to the blues singers who formed the foundation of his early hits, to artists like Big Mama Thornton, who first made Hound Dog a success. Elvis's friendship with artists like B.B. King is also heavily featured. And there's actually a great scene with Elvis and B.B. King where they watch Little Richard perform, and Elvis talks about potentially recording Tutti Frutti, which would become Little Richard's signature song. And B.B. King says to him, yeah, you could record this song and you'd earn a hit, but you'd cost that guy a career. 
And this is what I hate about pre-criticism of movies before anybody's seen it. It reminds me a lot of when the trailers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out. There were so many people that started to rail on the fact that Quentin Tarantino was using the murder of Sharon Tate as the backdrop for this Leonardo DiCaprio movie. And then when the movie comes out, it's essentially a Hollywood fairy tale that celebrates Sharon Tate in her life, changes history, and gives a grisly ending to her murderers, including one who's played by Austin Butler, who stars in this movie. You are... I'm the devil. No, I was dumber than that. I think that Elvis is a good movie. I don't think it's a great one. It's about 20 minutes too long, and I think sometimes the split focus between Colonel Parker and Elvis may have been the wrong angle, but when this movie cooks, it really cooks. And when it's going at 100%, Austin Butler busts this movie through the stratosphere, particularly when Elvis takes the stage. Looking at the credits, the end credits, I was shocked at how many of the songs Austin Butler performed uh, either completely or partially from Elvis's later days because they sound exactly like Elvis Presley. I think the good things in this movie far outweigh the not so great things. If you really don't care, and I don't mean don't know, but don't care about Elvis, then you may not like this movie. It is a deep dive into Elvis's life and rock and roll history. So if you're not interested in those subjects, I don't know how much it's gonna hold your interest. However, I think much like Elvis Presley's career itself, the high highs are going to outlive the lower lows when it comes to this movie. So it's a recommendation for me on Elvis, if only to see this lead performance, which I think should be in the awards conversation going forward. Are you interested in Elvis? Do you not care? I mean, this is kind of even more than Top Gun Maverick, the quote unquote boomer movie of literally of boomer movies but i think if you give it a chance you might be surprised let me know down in the comments below and as always thank you so much for watching before i go i'd like to thank the sponsor for today's review athletic greens the makers of ag1 you've been hearing about ag1 on the show for quite some time now and i started taking it because i'm looking to support better gut health this year and an overall better me but what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And taking AG1 is super simple. I can either put a scoop right into a cup of water or mix it into a shake that I'm making at home. Either way, it's a quick and tasty way for me to start the day off right and make sure I'm supporting not only my gut health, but my immune system, my recovery and focus, and so much more. AG1 is lifestyle friendly and contains less than one gram of sugar with no GMOs or artificial anything. And if you don't take a multivitamin or have been trying to figure out which one to take, AG1 is also a great choice because it is full of high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Dan. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Dan, D-A-N, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks again to Athletic Greens for sponsoring this review, and thank you for watching. I'll be back later this week with the review of The Black Phone. There's also a lot of great movies on streaming and the season finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi series finale. I don't even know that I'll be covering as well, so stay tuned. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Bye.